Hi, and welcome back to Becca Babbles Podcast. I'm your host, Becca. I'm a certified personal trainer, holistic health coach, and future chiropractor on my way to figuring out this thing we called life. Now, let's get babbling. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Becca Babbles Podcast. I honestly didn't think I was going to record a podcast today. It's funny because recording this podcast right now, I know last week when I recorded a podcast, I was like, I didn't think I was going to record a podcast. And funny enough, the same day that I recorded, so I recorded last week on a Thursday. And then today is a Thursday again. I was at the horses, like I usually am, shoveling poop. And I had an insight and I was like, boom, okay, I got a podcast. I had to do a little bit more planning for this podcast, but I was like, I'm going to plan and then I'm going to let it go. And then I was like, "Mm, no. I'm going to record this one. So here we are. We are recording. And I wanted to talk about how like you can make your life easier. I know that kind of sounds like a magical like, I don't know, some sort of advertisement where it's like, let's figure out how to make your life easier or some like self-care sparkly bubble bath situation where it's like, look, your life can be easier when you add in blah, 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 blah. But I honestly think like, that life doesn't have to be so hard and we kind of glorify when things are hard because we like that whole story of the the person who like got themselves out of debt and then now they're a millionaire or the like person who I don't know broke some part of their body or had cancer and then they're doing all these amazing things which like honor their stories definitely but then there's also a part where it's like not everyone's story has to be that story and it's okay for life to be easy and feel easy for the longest time I almost I felt bad when like my life was going well or like I felt really happy when I was younger I genuinely was like a happy person or just always seems to be honestly I usually am a positive person in general like I have my lows don't get me wrong usually when I'm overwhelmed and stressed out and I have too many things on my plate but you know it's fine we're figuring it out (laughs) but it's like I usually am a positive person and I actually had this kid come up to me when I was younger I would smile all the time like I don't have the resting RBF that everyone talks about unless I'm working out, but I genuinely just, my face kind of just rests in like a neutral face or I rest with like a little bit of a smirk. And this kid came up to me and he was like, Rebecca, why do you just randomly smile? And I was like, um, don't you not just randomly smile? Like, isn't that your normal face? Like, I was genuinely confused and I I almost thought of it as a bad thing. And then people would come to me telling me, like, how hard their life was or things going on in their life. And then I almost felt bad that things were going well in my life. Like, you know, you get on the phone with someone and they're telling you how bad everything is going on in their life. And yes, I will support them. And I'll be like, hey, like, do you just need to talk this out or like are you looking for advice or like how can I best support you yada 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 and then they'd be like oh how are you doing and I'd either like wash it off and be like oh I'm okay or 
yeah, everything's fine. Or I would genuinely like look for bad things in my life just so that they would feel like they are okay, which honestly sounds very messed up. Um, It's like, why should you be afraid to tell people when things are going well in your life? Because like, your relationships or the people who you are in relationship with should want to like pump you up and not feel jealous of your of all I can't think of the words but like of the opportunities in your life and for a while there I felt like I surrounded myself with people who were like I I felt like I couldn't express that which is a big thing that should be highlighted it for you if that is coming up for you that maybe your relationships aren't as great as you think they are, which we will dig into into a second. But it is true that our brain is primed to look for the negativity in life. It makes sense because survival-wise, like if you were trying to survive, you wanted to make sure that like you knew if there was a lion somewhere off a couple yards away or you wanted to know if there was a disease going on so you could protect yourself your body is literally primed to protect yourself but in modern day and age we most of us especially if you're listening to this podcast probably have a house you live in are probably okay financially and have food on the table and the thing that you're stressing about is either if you're eating too much or if you're going to pass this test or if XYZ person's going to like you if you're going to flop this like exam or something like that. It's not like you're going to die, if that makes sense. So most of the time we can actually change the way that we think and view life. And I just wanted to dig into ways that I look at life or tips that I find help me and my clients just almost feel a little bit lighter because I feel like everyone just likes to be very like me like I don't have a very good expression on explaining this but it just it feels heavy like everything has to seem hard and I don't and I believe like I thoroughly believe it doesn't have to be that way so my first tip or thing that I wanted to say was like just to get it out of the way, is you have to take care of your body. Life is going to be hard or feel hard when you are chronically fatigued, when you're not fueling your body enough, when you're not getting enough sleep, not drinking enough water, or not getting in the right, keyword, right amount of exercise. It's really hard for you to be positive when you have like achy joints Or when you're trying to push through the day and be like, okay, looking at the clock, when is lunch? How many more minutes do I have till lunch? It's like, no, you need to like take accountability and fuel your body more than just those like 1400 calories that you're feeding it. Or you need to give it balanced meals so your blood sugar isn't going all over the place. Like just out there going to state it plain and simple. All of these other things that I'm about to state isn't going to matter unless you are taking care of your body first. But one of the things that I found was the biggest game changers for seeing life in an easier way is brain rewiring. 
I did that podcast interview with Sandy and I've just really been digging into brain rewiring a lot lately. And it's all about how when we're younger, this might sound like woo woo and like out there, but honestly, there are so many studies coming out talking about like your perception and how your brain works and how your neurons fire affect the way that you see the world. For example, there are kids who will get a surgery done and there will be nurses and doctors having to tell kids like, hey, you need to like sit down and like chill out or you're going to hurt yourself again because they don't recognize and they don't understand that, oh, I'm hurt. I should be in pain. So I should be laying in bed compared to a adult will get the same surgery done, but they're like, oh my gosh, like this hurts. I need painkillers. And like, this is life is so hard and da, da 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 not to dismiss how they are feeling because it is genuine. This is how you are feeling. But just to give you an idea that like the way you think about a certain situation is how you are going to perceive it. So with brain rewiring, I feel like I need to do a full podcast about this. I will just get a little snippet in here so you guys can understand until I can like make an actual podcast on like the deep ins and outs of brain rewiring. But basically the gist of it is when you're younger, you are absorbing in all this information. You're figuring out how to best survive in life and your brain is making all these neural connections and pathways that are linking together, which create these chemicals called emotions. Surprising, huh? Um, so, and these emotions then create our thoughts and our feelings. So like if you think about if you were a kid and let's say you were terrified to get a bad grade because you knew when you got home that your parent was going to yell at you or that you were going to get grounded and you felt yourself like crouching down and like being afraid and then you grow up and get older and every time someone yells or seems upset you just kind of want to run away or freeze or you just don't know what to do it's probably because it's linked to your brain figuring out or realizing like hey this is a scary situation this is how I protect myself so through brain rewiring, you're then able to kind of change how you see the world. You get to become that little child that's running around when they're supposed to be chilling out and sitting in bed instead of that person who's like chronically in pain. So if you think about this, it's almost like the, the way that I see this is like you reprogram your thoughts. You see the world differently. And then in the background, you hear the song, a whole new world. Don't judge my singing. But like, you know, from Aladdin, that whole song, that's what I think of when I think of brain rewiring. And you can literally go from a person who is sad and overwhelmed. You know, those people who it's just like, they always seem like they're down in the dumps or they're the, what's that character in Winnie the Pooh? The donkey? I can't remember his name. The the blue one, the blue guy. He's like constantly sad and depressed. And then there's those people who are like Tigger, where they're like jumping up and down, always see the bright side of things. I'm probably one of those people who people get annoyed with and they're just like, why are you so happy all the time? Like, again, I still have my down days. But genuinely, I'm usually happy. So, and there's also, I feel like, a bit of a choice on that. But that's a whole different rabbit hole I can go down. Um, but 
using brain rewiring, you're allowed to almost, you open yourself up to seeing different realities because you are looking for the happiness you are looking for and you can feel it in your body. And it's almost like it's better to explain it as if when you are constantly sad and down in the dumps, you literally feel like there's no way out to where when you are more in a positive state, you're like, okay, I can do this. I can figure it out. Even though it's hard, I can still find a way to look for things that will give me a better opportunity. So that's why I'm like obsessed with brain rewiring right now, if you can't tell. But I feel like the next thing that makes life a little bit easier is just becoming the scientist of your life. Like literally put on that lab coat and become the scientist of your life. This really helps me with intuitive eating and helping me heal on my healing journey with PCOS and hypothalamic amenorrhea because for the longest time, I was terrified of getting it wrong to where when you're a scientist, it's literally like, okay, let me test it out. Let me get curious. How does eating this food make me feel? How does this type of workout make me feel? How I feel like this next one is like key, but how do these people around me make me feel? And just getting curious, it kind of just opens it up and lets you see like, okay, nothing is right or wrong because we tend to like to be very black or white, but just getting curious and be like, okay, I'm absorbing all this evidence and then later I can make a decision. And this really also helped me with my healing journey with PCOS and HA where it was like, I was so hard on myself with my symptoms as far as like acne or just like if I was gonna gain weight or if like I, when I was like growing dark hairs in weird places, it was like I would start judging myself or if people made comments, I would be like, oh my gosh, they must think I'm ugly or like I can't like I can't handle this. Um, I'm doing everything wrong. And it's like you're not doing anything wrong. Your body is just giving you signs and signals. It's kind of like if you want to think about it, your body doesn't talk in ways of words but your body talks in ways of symptoms. So all those symptoms that a nurse is documenting on a, I don't know what it's called, an intake form, all they're documenting on an intake form, that's literally how your body is communicating to them, being like, okay, here's all the clues. This is how I need help, or this is how I am expressing what I need. So when you start getting curious about how your body is expressing itself to you, you'll start to see your symptoms as less of like a, oh, I have this symptom. On, okay, so for example, like your face is breaking out. So you're like, oh my gosh, I'm ugly. Instead of seeing it that way, you could be like, okay, my face is breaking out. Is it because maybe my gut's inflamed? Maybe it's because dairy isn't working well with me? Is it because I'm really stressed? Is it because my liver needs some like extra support right now and it can't handle all the like toxic burdens that's on it right now? So it's it's getting curious with that. And then I think also being a scientist of your life also means that you're allowed to let go of the things that don't work for you anymore. So your life is always changing. Your body's always changing. Your mind is always changing. 
neuroplasticity back to the brain rewiring um so everything's always changing it's constantly changing it's constantly adapting that means the things that are working for you now might not work for you later on so for example in my 20s I'm eating a certain way, my activity is a certain way, so I need to fuel my body in a certain way. I'm dealing with certain hormonal issues, so like my body needs to be supported in a certain way. Now when I get to menopause, my body might need to be supported in a different way. So my body might need different types of foods. It might need different amounts of foods. Who knows what kind of activity I'd be doing at that point. Maybe I'd be in the Olympics, I don't know. (laughs) But like, I don't know until I get there. So allowing yourself to kind of change and flow with the changes in life will allow you to stay open and not as rigid. This could also be with routines. So like when I'm in my 20s, I know parents talk to me all the time about this. It's really funny. They'll be like, when you become a parent, you won't have as much free time. And I'm just like, okay. So they're like, you better enjoy it. And so taking the time in your 20s to have more of that free time and figuring out yourself is I think really important to where when you're a parent maybe you might need to have a little bit more stricter routines or carving out time for you might be more important than in your 20s and having specific times because in your 20s you're able to have a little bit more of a flexible schedule or at least that's what I've been told multiple times. So like something that has changed for me recently is I know that I've talked a lot about reading in the morning and I've been obsessed with making my breakfast, having some tea and then afterwards just drinking my tea and reading my Kindle before I have to go off to the horses or go off to school. And honestly, there was a point that I was still bringing down my Kindle, but then I was like, I really feel like I need to journal right now. And so... I'm allowing myself to journal instead of sticking to my rigid, like, I have a goal of getting 12 books in by the end of the year and I can't do that if I don't read in the morning. Well, okay, maybe that's the reading just needs to go to a different time. Um, And then also, if I'm feeling like journaling would really help me right now, there's probably a reason. I'm probably overwhelmed with something or I feel like I need to sort something out. I'm very much of a person where I need to get words out on paper or I need to speak it out. I will admit, I talk to myself in my car. I'm not crazy. It just helps me figure things out and that is okay. But one of my favorite things to do right now is like, have flexibility with structure. So that basically means I have all these things that I like to do, for example, journaling, brain rewiring, reading, ignore that fire. I I was about to say fire alarm, ambulance. I live near a fire station, so thank you. Um, Hopefully you guys didn't hear that, but I enjoy journaling. I enjoy brain rewiring. I enjoy reading and doing mobility and going for a walk. I enjoy all these things. All these things make me feel good. They're healthy for me, yada, yada, yada. But that's kind of overwhelming to like squish it all in into a morning routine, especially when I have work in the morning right now. So just picking from like, okay, I know these things make me feel good. And you could even imagine it as, you know, those little spinny wheels that you could win a prize. Like you go to a fair and you spin the wheel and they're like, oh, here, you when you spin the wheel you get a prize 
kind of think of it that way where it's like okay I have all these different activities that make me feel good which one's going to make me feel good right now so if that works for you great if it doesn't you like more structure I know I have a friend who she very much likes structure in her morning and she does the same thing every day and then maybe she gets older and she's like this isn't working for me so she completely changes everything but she still has that same structure for like a certain amount of time that might be you again whatever makes you feel good in that period of time but remember be that scientist of your life and ask yourself is this still working for me and the next thing with that and I feel like this goes hand in hand is releasing perfectionism get a little messy get that paint in your hair get that paint all over your face like it's okay for things not to be perfect and I think behind this a lot of the times is being afraid of what other people think being afraid that okay you're going to be too much. Your clothes are too loud. Like when I was younger, I would wear really bright clothes. I remember I had this like lime green shirt from Justice. Who remembers Justice? All those bright colors and sparkles. Um, I had this like bright lime green shirt with sparkle blue letters on it and I think it said have brighter days and then I wore these shorts that were like lime green zebra print I know I was an interesting child um but it was bright it was bold and I didn't care I loved what I was wearing but then as you get older you start wearing more of those muted tones or you need to be more put together or you can't like take up space and oh my goodness the amount of times where I used to think that my hair was too big and poofy and I just had a conversation with a friend yesterday where she was like your hair is so thick it like has volume and it takes up space and it's amazing and I was like for the longest time I wanted to hide that I wanted to have strict straight hair but I have the poofy big volume lioness hair that's just my hair and that's okay. That's who I am. So being okay with like being too much. Sometimes it weeds out those people who aren't right for you and that's okay. And I also think a lot of the times when people are saying like, oh man, that's a bit too much or you're too out there. It's because they're afraid that they can't do that as well. This could also be like how you're spending your day. This has kind of hit me hard recently where it's like if I'm not constantly doing, if I'm not being productive in the sense of what other people think is productive, then I would have shame that like I wasn't doing enough or people would judge me for relaxing. And it's like no one's judging you. They're literally just living their life. <laughs> so like do what you want to do. Like yes, if you need to take care of people, please take care of people, but like spend the day that you want to spend your day. I feel like when I got out of high school, middle school, it was you have all this structure and people telling you what to do. And then you get into college and you realize you're like, okay, I still have school, I still have work, and I have somewhat of a structure, but I also don't have a structure either. And what do I do with all this free time in between? And you're like, okay, am I making this free time valuable? And you kind of get lost in this rabbit hole of like, am I doing enough? Okay, this person's doing this, or it seems like they're doing this all the time. Am I, is it worth my time doing this? Am I making the time that I have right now worthwhile? So stop comparing yourself to everyone in their day. Do what you want to do. I promise you, 
If you like take five minutes and sit with yourself and be like, okay, what do I want to do right now? What would make me feel good? You probably know what to do. And just to give you an example on like not having to be perfect and just going for it, because honestly, I think the biggest thing that holds people back is perfectionism, hint myself, um, is that like when everything has to be perfect when you start out, you don't do anything. You literally freeze and you overthink everything. For example, my podcast, like for the longest time, I thought I can't do a podcast because I have to make it all organized or I might say something wrong or I'll say um all the time or like you'll probably hear me say that a lot. But the thing is, is that you don't get better at something until you keep doing it. It's funny when we're younger, we're like, oh, it's okay. Try all these different sports. Try all this different painting and yada, yada, yada. But then when we get older, we're like, oh, no, I can't do that because I'll be bad at it. It's like, no, get a little messy. It's okay if it's not good. I'm not saying you have to like make a podcast and post it, but like just if there's something you really want to do, do it for yourself and that's okay. And then maybe later on you can start making an Instagram account and promoting it. Now the next one that I have is viewing your life like a child. I feel like, again, this goes hand in hand with like releasing that perfectionism. But so many people tell me, they're like, you're such a child. Like stop being such a child. And it's like, why can't I be like a child? Like, <laughs> why do I have to be serious? Like, okay, I have my times where I'm serious and I get my things done, but why can't the rest of my life just be like a child? It's funny. It's like we get to this point where we think we're a grown up and we can't laugh and have fun at things. And the only time we can have fun and laugh at things is when we're drinking alcohol. Sorry if that triggers you, but like, it's something that I just it boggles my mind that we just think that acting like a child or if things seem immature and thinking that acting like a child is a bad thing, it it shouldn't be. Literally, they're just having fun. And this makes life, again, a little bit lighter, a little bit more sparklier and almost like in awe. Like if you think of a child, even Caitlin on I think that podcast will come out before this podcast, so sorry if that podcast hasn't come out, but I had Caitlin, my dietitian, on my podcast, and she talked about how, like, her children just, like, they'll see something, and they'll, and it, it just makes life slower, because they'll see something, and they'll just be in awe, they'll be like, oh my gosh, there's a lizard, and you're just like, yeah, it's a lizard, like, they get excited about things, because it's new, it's sparkly, it's, like, it's special to them, So allow those little moments to be special for you and just taking that time to slow down. I know for me, this happens a lot when I see a sunrise in the morning. I just, it feels like open space. It feels like light. It feels like happiness for me. So what's those little things that you can find little tiny special moments and little joys in life? Because that's just going to make life even easier when things seem hard. The next one is having good relationships. I feel like most people don't realize the importance of your relationships. The five people you spend the most time with are the people who you are going to act like and feel like. So if you are surrounding yourself with people who just are always negative, never see the goodness in life, can never find anything positive, 
you're probably going to be consumed with that as well. Again, I'm not saying you can't support your friends with if they're having a hard time, but I am saying if every single person you go to always has a problem, that might make you feel like the world is this doom and gloom hole. There was actually a study done and Harvard University posted an article in their health and medicine and it stated that several studies found that people's level of satisfaction with their relationships at the age of 50 was a better predictor of physical health than their cortisol levels were. And this makes a lot of sense because when you have good relationships and you feel fulfilled in them, they make you laugh. They make you feel all these like happy hormones. So again, that chemically changes how you are feeling. So you're releasing those hormones like oxytocin, which is like that cuddly feel-good hormone. I remember studying that in my anatomy class and my professor would joke, he's like, yeah, so you know when you like make out with someone or cuddle with someone? That's oxytocin. And then I was that funny, weird, nerdy kid who told their boyfriend, I was like, yeah, you're probably sad right now because you're like lacking in oxytocin. <laughs> so that's what it's like dating me. <laughs> um, but the the next hormone would be like serotonin where it's like a mood enhancer. It makes you feel good. A lot of people talk about how people lack in serotonin when they're depressed. It's like that will enhance your mood just being around people who make you feel good and who make you laugh. You'll also release endorphins, which are kind of like painkillers, just natural painkillers. And who doesn't want that when they're feeling down or hurt? And then you'll release dopamine, which I feel like most people hear a lot when it comes to like video games and reward systems and social media. So it's that pleasure feeling hormone. So when you surround yourself with people who fulfill you, who make you laugh, who just enhance life, it's going to make life again easier and making sure that you prioritize that because I even do this myself where I surround myself with work, I surround myself with school and then I'm just like, okay, I'm doing all these things that I like, but yet my life doesn't feel fulfilling or I still end my day and I'm like, meh. It's probably because I didn't spend my day with someone who I enjoy. And this doesn't even have to be a physical person. I still think that's important. But even podcasts or music that you're consuming, I still consider those people, especially podcasts or movies, because you're feeling how they're feeling, if that makes sense. Or you're consuming that content that they are giving you. It's kind of like when people talk about don't watch the news in the morning. It's because you're already starting off your day with negativity. So if you're constantly consuming negativity, you're probably going to feel pretty negative. And with that being said, allow those people to support you. Again, this is something I have to work on. Because when you allow people to support you, that actually makes life easier because you can ask for help. A lot of the times we think we have to do things all by ourselves, or again we have that like image of that warrior who like came from nothing and all by themselves they like became this amazing person when it's like no they probably had some like sensei or whatever helping them throughout and they were asking them questions and like getting better and having them reflect things back to them. But I think the key thing with allowing people to support you is be specific on what you want help with. 
because if you don't tell people what you want, they're kind of just guessing. Like no one can read your mind. And I think with this, you can't be afraid to ask for what you want. Because a lot of the times we feel like, oh, it's selfish or I can't ask for this. What if they judge me? It's like, no, the people who actually want to support you will support you. And if you find like that you're going to this person or you have a person in mind that you're thinking of that you're just like, I can't tell this person this thing. It's probably because they're not very supportive. So think about that. But maybe you need to go to this person and tell them like, hey, I'm just feeling really overwhelmed right now. And if you're like living with family or living with like roommates or something and you're able to do this, just be like, I really just need you to make meals. I need you to make dinner right now for me. I feel really overwhelmed with work, with school. Can you make dinner? And they probably say yes. Or you could figure out a situation where or a schedule where it's like, you make dinner on this night and they make dinner on that night. People who support you will probably want to accommodate for you. If you need quiet time, I know for me in the morning, this is something that's really important to me where I'm just like, I need my me time or some part of my day where I need a me time. And my family respects that. Also with living with parents or living with roommates, it's like you have to have communication especially if you're going through school, especially if you do work at home, where it's like, okay, I might not physically be in an office, I might not physically be at a place, but these are my office hours. I, like I told a client recently, I was like, okay, yes, your husband is home, yes, your work is at home, but you are not his wife in this situation right now, you are a caretaker of your work right now. And so, She had to think of herself as in work mode, even when she's at home. And so for me, I had to tell my parents, I was like, hey, from this time to this time, this is my set schedule. Don't talk to me or I probably won't answer you on text. I will try to if I have a chance, but this is when I'm studying for school and this is when I'm working on work. But I think another thing to highlight is like, it's okay for you not to have a physical thing that you have to have support with. If you just need to talk things out, that can help you release those feelings and that heaviness that you're feeling without like getting advice. I recently just texted my friend and I was like, hey, having a really hard time. I just really need to talk things out right now and I don't need any advice. And she's like, okay, I'll be that sounding board for you. I'll, or not a sounding board because then that would be giving advice but like I will be that person that you can just say stuff to and hear things out and I feel like if you're not comfortable talking to yourself in the car like I am eh, um, then maybe having someone who is physically there or this could even be a pet that you talk to can be helpful and then if you do need advice then it's okay you can be like hey I'm having this situation can you help me? What's your advice on this? And seeing other people's point of view can kind of like open you up and see like, okay, maybe I could take this different path. Maybe I can take this different route. But I think the key thing here is to, you can take their advice, but you don't have to keep it. And if someone gets mad that you don't take their advice, then that's a dumb problem, not a you problem. 
Because again, you are asking for their advice. You are not asking for their prescription. There's a difference there. But then also you might need to like pay for that advice. So like if you're trying to heal your relationship with food, if you're trying to figure out hormone imbalances, if you're wanting like a workout plan, if you're wanting like, I don't know, a business coach or something to figure things out, you may need to pay for that. Or you could even think of this as like an internship. I know for me, it's like trying to figure out how I want to set up my chiropractic business in the future. It's like, okay, I am spending my time by doing an internship to learn all these different things. So for example, just self-plugging myself in here right now, if you are needing help with food, with exercise, with your relationship with yourself, with brain rewiring, like I am here, that is what I'm here for, that is what I want to do. And I even find sometimes when I pay for someone specifically to support me in, I find that I, A, get better advice, more directed advice. Again, also make sure you're doing the good research that this person knows what they're talking about. But again, like when I pay for something like that and I know it's good, then like it makes the advice is better. But then but then also I feel more motivated to actually act on that advice because sometimes I feel like we have a habit of asking for advice from people. And then it's really, we just wanted to talk out, but we're saying that we want advice so that they don't think that we just want to like take their time of just talking. So again, it is okay to just talk, but if you really want to solve a problem and you need a solution, sometimes paying for that solution will get you what you want. And then the final thing, which I think is one of the most important things, is scheduling yourself in, especially going back to if you are a parent, it's like making time for you because no one is going to make time for you. To be honest, most people are just thinking about themselves. Most people are just going through their lives thinking about themselves. They can't be mind readers. They can't figure out what you are thinking or worried about. So if you need to make that quiet time for yourself, make that quiet time for yourself. If you need to have like time to read, have time to read and schedule that in for yourself or that workout. Schedule yourself in because only you can create your life, which will then therefore make life easier because you scheduled time for you to where you can kind of just breathe. And with that, you will probably have to set some boundaries and maybe step on some people's toes. But again, if they care about you, they will support you in what you need. You shouldn't have fear in your friendships. Maybe that's another podcast I should talk about because I feel like most people think they have friendships and it's really they just have a ton of acquaintances. Just saying that out loud. (laughs) But I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you got some value out of it. I really appreciate if you stayed towards the whole episode and listened to the entire thing. Thank you so much. If you like these episodes and you'd like to hear more, please hit that subscribe that subscribe button and share it with a friend if you think they would find it helpful. Or you could take a screenshot of it and tag me at Becca and Wellness 
on social media and share it on all those wonderful stories or if you want to put it on your board is that what it's called a board I feel like that's more of a Pinterest thing but whatever you could also leave a five-star rating and review that would also really help me get this podcast out to more people and if you would like to work with me or send in a topic for an episode or just message me in general and say hi and what you got out of this episode I'd love to hear that on Instagram at Becca and Wellness or you could email me at hello at beccaandwellness.com and with all that being said I can't wait to babble with you next time